welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. I'm so excited to be here for another one of our episodes, and we're looking back a little bit uh, to our first guest and our seventh guest, uh, all the way back. Um, gosh, it seems like it was just a uh, uh, a few months ago, but it's really been seven months already. Uh, Matt Henry, who's our very first guest on our second episode, uh, and Kurt Padeza on our seventh episode. I, I'm looking forward to hearing from both these guys because they had such a uh, creative and inspiring kind of influence uh, on both their calls. So let's get right to it. All right. Thanks for joining us. Matt Henry, welcome. Welcome back, my friend. It has been, you are our first, first guest on the Guidebook Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing, uh, I'm doing okay. It's uh, uh, a lot longer ago in some ways than it feels like. Uh, it's, it's been a six months, you know, it's been six months of 2020 and uh, 2020 will be famously one of the longest decades ever. Now, now being our first interviewee, you mm-hmm. know, has the fame gotten to your head? I mean, has, have you, how many autographs have you signed, Matt? I know this is like one of the hottest podcasts out there. Forget what those office ladies are doing. Forget what the guys from Scrubs are doing. Joe Rogan, who knows what he's doing? I mean, nobody listens to him anymore. This is the place to be. So how many autographs you sign on like a daily basis? Well, I literally can't walk down the street in, uh, in most big cities. Uh, <laughs> No, it's, um, Matt, wake up, wake up. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks again. Thanks for coming back on. I'm super excited to, to have you and kind of follow up. It, like you said, it's been six months and it feels like it's been, you know, a year. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, you ended up not running or when we talked to you last time, you didn't, you weren't planning on running anything this summer. Talk to us a little bit about the past six months. What happened? How did everything going? How are you doing? How's your camp running? Sure. Uh, well, it's good to be back. So thanks for that. Uh, I saw from, from looking up the feed that uh, the episode with me uh, at least dropped in early April, which means we probably spoke uh, very late March, I'm guessing. And man, the water under the bridge since then, the things that have changed, uh, it's quite remarkable. So at that point, we were looking at probably not running uh, typically, certainly, and we're looking at a bunch of alternative possibilities. So that's kind of held true for us. We did one normalish week of camp. Uh, it was a group of kids who were going to be going on a, uh, a hiking trip, a backpacking trip with us. All kids who have been to camp many times we knew very well. And we couldn't take that trip not because of COVID, but it was going to be to an island in Lake Michigan. And there was a dispute between a landowner and the National Park Service, which meant that the dock was unusable. So the whole summer, this, uh, this particular island, North Manitou Island, was inaccessible unless you had private watercraft. So weirdly, we had to cancel that for that reason. And what we did instead was a week-long uh, scavenger hunt based camp. We had a Sasquatch going on and uh, we did it here at our site. We have 156 acres and we made some camp locations, made some camping spots that these kids who have spent many summers at camp 
had never even seen. So that was kind of cool. So we, we let go of our regular overnight camp programs, our special needs overnight programs, uh, and our day camp programs. In their place, we did a number of programs for what we ended up calling pods or people of your own designation, POD. And that way it wasn't super specific to people who were in a typical family, I suppose. And we had pod activities of whole day things where you could dump your kids on us for all day long and we would do a camp day with them and we called that camp day instead of day camp. Uh, we rented the pool for two hour and three hour slots all day every day and here in Michigan it was hot and sunny almost completely this summer so that was fortunate. Our pool furniture which has never been cleaned in its life was sanitized eight times a day so uh, so it's real good now. It's clean. Uh, At least for another eight years, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the bleach will probably eat through it and it'll dissolve over the winter. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. We did some micro camps with families where they would come, kids, parents, maybe some grandparents, maybe their neighbors, whoever, again, a pod. And we would say to them, here's the menu of camp activities. We probably have time to do three of these, maybe four if, if we move quickly. What's your order of priority? And families would show up, they do some low ropes, they do some archery, if they still have time, they go to the pond, the paddle around, do some fishing, whatever. So we did that for, uh, uh, for a little while. And now we're into the, uh, into the fall and we're doing something called Camp Care, which is one part of it is learning support for kids who are learning virtually. And the school districts around us are all doing different things, but all of them have some kids who are learning virtually. And the second half of it is just outdoor recreation, which we had started to look into for the first time, even before COVID. It was something that we'd been exploring as uh, an extra income stream, an extra way to engage the community. And this kind of forced our hand uh, towards that. So. That's still picking up slowly. You know, we're only, what, three, four weeks into school. Uh, the high school here locally just closed for 14 days because they had a COVID case. And uh, the community is uh, responding with, uh, with vitriol on Facebook about that. This is not a community that is uh, big fans of masking or thinking that the virus is a big deal. So it's, a, it's an interesting community to be in because in some ways we are trying to market to a community that thinks it's a little bogus by saying because of it come and let us uh help you through this uh if we we're in a, i can imagine being in another community where people would be much more enthusiastic to embrace the opportunity because they were already down with yeah this is a problem <laughs> yeah. so so it's a little it's a little tricky, but we're uh, we're trying to figure it out. I guess we we made it through the summer uh, with some staff reductions and some salary reductions and so forth. And the those new programs I was just describing and a couple of variations on 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 those things uh, helped us to to keep the lights on and pay the bills somewhat. Uh, the next six months are the more frightening six months because beginning right about now is when typically we'd be starting to take in income for next summer and that would be our cash flow. 
And we aren't confident about what next summer is going to look like. And I'm quite sure families are not confident. So it's a, it's a little trepidatious to think of starting to pull in money that we might then have to refund back again if we can't turn the corner on this thing. And progress has not been impressive. Uh, our death rate's still not good. Our case rate's still you know, increasing every day and, and so on. So it's a, it's a bit of a mess. And I think the uncertainty is the, is the, biggest, the biggest hurdle right now. I guess I felt like this was almost inevitable that school would go back and then a month in they would start to drop. And, uh, and here we, here it seems like it's, it's beginning to happen almost, almost inevitably. Matt, tell me, you know, I know it's hard to predict the next six months, but you know, I'm, I'm with you, brother. Uh, next year, I'm not budgeting for, you know, maybe a few more kids next summer for me because parents will be a little more accustomed to the environment. But yeah. I mean, I'm still, I ran at 40% of capacity, you know, so 40, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll be at 45, 50% of capacity next summer. Yeah. 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 So. so for us, we've had a, uh, we had, we had a decade of growth every, every year, uh, beginning in 2011 was the biggest, has been the biggest summer we've ever had. And that was a, a deliberate strategy that we adopted when I, when I started directing, uh, there was a lot of consternation. We were in a really bad place financially, a lot of consternation about the needs to do, uh, fund development and donor development. And what I noticed was we were firing on two out of four cylinders, uh, if that. And so what I set us on the path of doing was let's fill the camp up. Let's, uh, bolster our capacity, strengthen our capacity, because user fees are also a source of funds uh, as a nonprofit. You don't have to get every dollar handed to you by someone generous. You, you can have people pay for stuff. And we used to be in a position where we would give away more camp dollars wise than we would take in from paid campers, which is in my mind just insane. Uh, for when, when we weren't covering it, right? We were just sort of relying on angel donors to dig us out. So we changed that and we've gone from an average summer uh, number of campers of 250 to uh, last year was 800. So it's increased, it's increased, it's increased. Wow. And we were probably hoping by 2021 to have hit a thousand. Uh, but now what we're really thinking is, well, if we can, if we can pull off 500 next year, really, uh, soften our expectations. The difficulty, what we've always done is because we've had confidence that we could grow from the year before, we've always staffed a little generously. We've always got uh, a little bit of extra staffing thinking, well, we're going to be a little bit bigger than last time. So let's hire a couple more male counselors, maybe another lifeguard over here, that kind of thing. But I think this time, we'll probably approach it much more from a spreadsheet, much more ratio-based, much more limited and, uh, and deliberate. Uh, and and if, we, if we manage to fill at the, manage to fill the capacity that we set, then we can either be happy with that and know that we've budgeted well for that, 
or we can then look to see if, well, can we find additional good staff at whatever time of year this is. So uh, that's that's a, a changed expectation, and and it, you know it'll hurt my pride a little bit because we've had this chart that's gone all uphill uh, for a decade. <laughs> you know, this year it's like cliff, and then and it won't climb straight back up. Uh, I just don't think that that's that's feasible. I think all of our egos are, I'm going to say, bruised a little bit as well with with this and out of our control, but still still we take pride in growth and interacting and impacting more kids and families and yeah. you know, it hurts. So, so Matt, thanks so much for, for talking to us. Uh, give us, give us a shout. How do people get a hold of you really quick? Uh, sure. So my, uh, my details are on our website, campskyline.org. Uh, there's another camp skyline in, uh, in Alabama, which has the .com. <laughs> I'm sure they get some confused phone calls once in a while as do we, but, uh, they're good people down there too, but we're not we're not connected. Uh, so, or uh, you can email me Matt you know, with two T at campskyline.org. And uh, yeah, you guys should go check out all the other episodes that Michael and uh, and Al have been doing. Some some really far more interesting people on there than me. Ah uh, no, you're you're hey you're our first. That's the way it goes. You know you're, yeah. you're always a special place in our heart. You know us us bearded bald guys are got to stick right. together too. So right, and um, I got the cool accent and stuff too. So that helps. Yeah, I I will not have a good accent. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks everybody, Matt. Thanks again. You know, stay healthy, stay well. We we wish you and all the camps and and after school programs and preschools and everybody out there working with kids the best of luck and absolutely. Uh, We'll be, we'll be right back after this. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. We are excited to bring back from all the way back, Kurt, how you doing? Doing well. How about yourself, Michael? I am living the dream. I'm having a good one right now, you know? There you go. So Kurt, you know, you listened to your podcast episode you know, you had, you were starting camp on July 5th. How'd it go? What, tell us about the summer. What was your summer like? Yeah. So I, it was funny when I listened, when I went to re-listen to that episode, um, I was listening for a while before I went and looked at when it, what date it was. Yeah. And, um, I, I think one of the things that we've done in our staff meetings and all of our communications is we always start off with, um, so here's where things are as of today at 12 o'clock. The and, time's important too. Yeah, and that important. happened now, you know, between March and May that there was a lot of that significantly. And so um, as it turns out, Camp for All did not operate uh, summer of 2020, which uh, uh, first summer that we haven't operated since 1998. And uh, I was talking to some friends, it's the first summer I haven't been at summer camp for over 25 years. Wow. So it was wow. definitely a, a, a weird feeling. So we, uh, although I will say that listening to it, I, I don't know. It was funny. I, I don't really second guess any of our decision making. I, I feel like we made decisions in the time that we needed to make decisions. We were, we were pretty grounded. Um, there are camps that made decisions earlier and later than us. And I have, I've loved finding out about that decision making because I think we are all we all focus on different things and have different ways about doing it and so that's what been one of my fun things to do is to just 
watch how other camps are handling it and then pick their brains. What's going on? How, you know, what's your decision-making process and, and to see how we do that. So I'm excited to hear the camps that did operate. I've been talking to a lot of those uh, camp directors and of course watching the uh, ACA webinars and, and hearing the lessons learned. Yeah, there's definitely a, a smorgasbord of, of different, you know, day camp, resident camps. I think your camp specific to, uh, has a specific needs, right? And and your model is different than, yeah. I'm sure there's other camps like you out there, but, you know, uh, so talk to us a little bit about what, what, what was that turning point where you're like, hey, now we can't do this. And, and yeah. what, what was that process like? So we knew, so at the time that I talked to you, we knew that the high risk camps, and we work, we work with people with uh, special needs and challenging illnesses. So we knew that the high risk camps, the ones with uh, suppressed immune systems, um, we knew that they weren't gonna come. At the, when we talked, there was one, and that was a kidney camp, but when, when uh, kids are on you know, anti-rejection drugs from kidney, I mean, that, there's just lots of reasons for them not to come. The gentleman who runs that camp is a doctor who's on our board. So he and I talked on, he's also our medical advisor. So they, they were still hanging out there because he was like, I'm at the end of the summer, I'm gonna hang out until I can't anymore. But then looking back at the summer, I think there were two things that really helped us make our decision. One was that as we were gathering information, the idea of having a, a COVID case and or outbreak at camp um, really for us, that was like, okay, that's, that's this side of things. And we, and we really can't do that, especially with our population. And so the, the safety of our campers and our staff, um, was part of that. We also had to give some time for our summer staff to make decisions. So, um, when we shifted our summer, some of them had to make other choices right away. And we, you know, we totally got that. And so some of them did that. Some of them stuck with us. And um, so we felt like we owed it to them to make a, a decision timely enough for them to make decisions for their summers for that, for a lot of them, that's, you know, an income decision. And so um, those are really the, the two key factors for us. I'm glad we made the decision that we did, um, especially as the uh, CDC and, uh, you know, all the, the ACA health guidelines came out. I say CDC, it was really ACA and YMCA that, kind of ran those things and, and the CDC helped adopt them. But um, I, that was some amazing work by the ACA. And when I looked at that, I was like, okay, we didn't have time in the time frame that that was coming out to put all of that together. And so we used the summer to do virtual and to get some other things ready and to prepare for a fall. Now, so you brought up a fall and I've been seeing on your Facebook, I follow Camp for All and you have some really awesome things happening. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now and what the next, you know, few weeks, months look like. Yep. So we are, for the fall, we, be, we decided to go exclusively family camp. And um, we're basically between the lessons learned and the, the, the health guidelines that ACA put out between all that information we put together something that would work for us for the fall. So th those guidelines don't completely work on weekends because we have, you know, it's Friday through Sunday. So there's some things that we can't do in that process or that don't fit, but because it's families, we can keep them in family units. And so we, uh, we have 18 cabins. Um, normally our 18 cabins will hold about 270 people. Um, right now our 18 cabins will hold 18 families. And so we do one cabin per family 
Um, and we've had a few of our partner groups who have booked and said, we want to do the, the family camp. It's also a little bit of a different schedule than we have. We have a very um, centralized um, type of program, meaning that it's pretty much everything is scheduled, especially on weekends. During the summertime, because they're here for a week, there's some you know rest period and some cabin time. But uh, on our weekends, it's completely scheduled from the time they get here until the time they leave. Uh, not this fall. This fall, um, we have some very specific activities um, that we are leading. So things where certification is needed, canoeing, swimming, um, horseback riding, archery, challenge course. Um, those are things that we're leading. And then we have opened up some activities for um, families to lead for themselves. And we put some detailed instructions on how to do it. So fishing and sports, disc golf, those are all things that uh, families are leading themselves, as well as a nature experience and a nature uh, scavenger hunt. And so, and by leading themselves, I mean, at mealtime, somebody talks to them about either the equipment that they're gonna need or goes through the, the guidelines to make sure that they understand what it is they're gonna be doing, looks at the map for disc golf, because if they haven't been here before and they don't have a staff member around, how do you get from one disc to the other? We have an 18 hole disc golf course that we've used in lots of different ways, but this fall we really restructured it as a set 18 holes. The front nine is right off of our sidewalks. So that's our, our accessible part of it. And then the back nine is in other places. And, and so there's been a lot of fun families. One of the things that I enjoyed about our first weekend our, and uh, was it September 18th was the first weekend um, that we had a uh, family camp out. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was there were campers, families who were doing activities that they'd never done before. Disc golf was a new activity for a lot of the families. And so I got to talk with them about it. We got to explain the game. They had a great time outdoors. It was a beautiful weekend. Um, and, and then, you know, talk to them about uh, the rest of their experiences. Because and I, one of the things that I told you about at our last, uh, the last time we talked was our emergency fund. We've had donors that have really jumped in on the emergency fund. And so I did some interviews with families that were here that first weekend to explain why, you know, keeping us open and the ability to that, what that emergency fund really did for us. And one of my favorite videos was a, a parent who he said, he works in a hospital. He said, it's been a stressful series of months. His kids have been home, his wife has been home. They had to finish school at the home and now they have had to start school back up at the home while they're managing finances. He's like, it's just been an extremely stressful week. We needed to get away and this has been the weekend that we needed. And so that felt really good um, after not doing the things that we wanted to do during the summertime. Yeah, I hear you. So I, I think a lot of camps that have opportunities to run something, right? Whatever it is the the feedback we got i mean we ran this summer a full 10 weeks of summer camp and and the families have just been so gracious at an opportunity to escape for their children right and so um i'm really you know i'm really excited for to see what's going on down there in texas all the way up here in buffalo it's already cold up here um <laughs> and uh all the cool stuff you're doing kurt tell us you know you 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 
looked back, you know, you said, hey, in six months or seven months, we're going to be doing this, that, and the other thing. Tell us, you know, are you doing it? Is it, what's changed? Would you, what are you going to tell yourself, you know, say, oh, I got a time capsule. I'm going to go back to that Kurt seven months ago and I'm going to tell him something. So one of the things that was really interesting was that when I listened to that, I realized that what I said is absolutely true. It's what we're doing. We're, I said that we were going to gather, we should gather everybody up and talk about lessons learned. And we've done that at different junctions. And, um, you know, it felt at the beginning when we were building the, this virtual um, camp thing for us, it felt like we were um, building the plane while we were flying it. And, um, and so because of that, we flew and built for a while. And then we stopped and said, what's going on? How is this working? And staff had some real significant input about, um, we need to do higher quality videos. We need to spend more time doing this. Like if we're going to put out something, we want it to be a, at a better level. And so then we upped the game on that and, and, and did that as well. Because we don't have, because of our partner model, we don't have direct access to our campers. So our virtual camps happened in two ways. We put out a lot of content for camps to, or for campers to be able to take in and do at home. So we put out free virtual content. Um, our partners all had access to it, but it was off on all of our social media channels too. In addition to that, um, uh, Fox My 20 in Houston, um, during the spring they were doing, uh, teachers were doing online classes through Fox My 20 for an hour every day. And as the school year was ending, they approached us and said, we'd like you to be one of our camps that does a, a camp program every day. So we put together some camp programs for Fox My 20, just to broaden access to people who might not have the same internet access. And, and, and you know, if they've got a TV, but not internet access, they can still run the virtual camp. And so that helped us develop the, that piece of it. And then more recently we've gathered together and said, what are the things that we started doing that we wanna make sure we don't lose? What are the communication pieces that we've done? And so some of what we've adapted to do during this COVID timeframe will continue. Um, we, we've made some change programmatically uh, in terms of you know, even from logistics of how we're dealing with water bottles and hand sanitizing stations and, and dining hall procedures that we will, some of those we will continue. Now, some of them are specific to having smaller numbers but some of them will continue because they're more efficient. And so I, 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 we're making that list. Um, we, we are not yet at the end of this though, Michael. So who knows, maybe you and I should talk again in six months and see where we've gone. Um, yeah, yeah I, th it, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, we're, we're, we took a big chunk out of the surface, but there's still a lot of digging to do to get, to get our programs going and humming and hawing. I, you know, have the conversations now what's camp going to look like next year? And my shoulders go up and I don't know, just like in May, I didn't know what yep. this summer would look like. So yeah. Um, Kurt, I'm so, so happy that you were able to touch base with us. Tell us again, really quick, how do people get a hold of you? We'll make sure your website's in the comment section. Absolutely. It's campforall.org. Um, Facebook, Instagram, we love to follow um, and we love to have other people follow. It's been fun to watch. Again, just like you said, watching you when you were opening up, I almost felt the excitement that day off, off of your Facebook post because I was living vicariously through <laughs> you. And so every time a friend of mine 
said, oh, we're going to try to open up tomorrow. Not try. We've been prepping for months to get this opening tomorrow. We're so excited, man. I was thinking about you and excited and, and knowing the good work that we all do in this industry. It's, it's been a really trying time, but it's also been a, a really good time to, to bond with everybody. Yeah, I'll tell you, best summer ever. 30, this is my 30th summer, hands down, best summer ever. Best staff, best families, just the opportunity to make an impact is so huge. Yeah. We don't even realize what we did this summer, the camps that we're able to, and I'm talking online camps, I'm talking just a way to engage kids. So um, Kurt, thanks again. We are, Al and I will be right back after this. All right, everybody, I have a special surprise on this commercial break. Here it is, Kurt. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, I mentioned about the partners coming out and doing family camps. Um, we've also added a piece where an individual family can rent a cabin and it's kind of a choose your adventure uh, type thing. So you can rent a cabin out here and just uh, avail yourself of the activities that can be family led. Um, check out equipment, do all that, have a nice weekend out here. Food, lodging is provided. There's some entertainment. We have a campfire and do s'mores and do energizers. Um, you can also add horses and ropes if you want to do that. And it's been, uh, we've offered a couple of these so far, and it's been an exciting way for people to find out what it's like to be a camper at Camp for All. So we're really excited about that opportunity as well. And Kurt, this is open to anybody. It doesn't have to be a Camp for All family. Nope. Doesn't have to be a Texas family. Nope, it's open to anybody. All you, you go on, there's a link, a way to register, just like you're registering at a campground. Um, there's a link on our website. You can, it's called Camp for Y'all. Nice. And, and uh, families can rent, it can be one family. Or we, might, we might have a weekend where there's one family renting a cabin or we might have a weekend where 10 families are renting cabins. But everybody is being physically distanced. Activities are all separate. So it's kind of the same thing with our regular family camp. It's safe but it's also a fun way to get out and do something different. Awesome. I would totally recommend it. If your kids are completely homeschooled and you're looking for a breakaway and just some time to connect with your children and make those meaningful impacts, you know, reach out to Kurt at camp for y'all. I'm from up, up in the Northern part. So that didn't come out. So as smooth, but if you're looking, I would, I would sign up today and uh, yeah. Thanks Kurt for shouting it out. All right. Thank you. Well, welcome back. Uh, Michael and I are now going to uh, look back at what we just listened to and compare and contrast some of our lessons. Um, uh, Michael, what do you think? Where, where have we come from and what have we learned from uh, Matt Henry and Kurt Badeza? Yeah, I, I think, Al, it was great reconnecting with these two guys. I, you know, both of them are my new virtual friends. And I think as you listen to both of them, they still both were pretty on the mark of where they predicted they would be in the next six, seven months. And uh, I think a lot of camps were, I think all the camp people that I'm talking to right now, as we're kind of processing this summer of 2020, understand that, you know, they made the right choice for their program. And I, I'm going to go back to that a million times over as many times as we're going to hear this in, in our episodes, but Camps have to make the right choice for them. And Kurt and Matt, I think, hit the nail on the head. I love connecting with, with people and finding out where they were. And I love the challenge of, of Kurt wanting to come back on in another six months and seeing where he is with his family camps and, and everything that's going on. Uh, how about you? What, what are your takeaways from today? 
you know, I'm I'm gonna borrow from uh, Matt Henry, uh, uh, you know, people of distinction, and and Matt is uh, in my book a, a person of distinction. I, I keep quoting him over and over again uh, from that that, that uh, initial episode uh, where he talked about camp is all social proximity, and and how he emphasized that so much, uh, and, and uh, you know he you can tell that he longs for connection with people uh, and as he moves forward in wherever he's going uh, with his program, uh, I, I know that that's going to be the driving force for him. Uh, as for Kurt, uh, you know, he, he the quote I've used from him uh, several times over the summers, uh, let's put creativity on overdrive. And, uh, you know, while he was talking today, he, uh, he talked about building the plane while he was flying it, and then his staff and him kind of pausing and learning how to, uh, you know, uh, what can we do? Uh, wh what are we going to adapt? How are we going to up the game? Uh, those were all just uh, inspirational ways of letting us know. Essentially, both of them talked about what went right, what went wrong, and how do we do it better the next time? And those are just great takeaways for anything that we do in life. Definitely, definitely. And that's why, like, these are the, these are some of the top camps in the country. You know, Camp for All down in Texas with Kurt and Camp Skyline uh, with Matt are just high-quality programs. And, and it, the leadership from these two men are, is, is the only reason why. So uh, we hope you enjoyed our reflection. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.